This is Face the Music, an ELO song-by-song podcast. Episode 118, After All. What's that song all about? After All was released on June 18, 1983 as the B-side of Rock and Roll is King. The non-album track wasn't released as part of a compilation until November 21, 2000 on the flashback box set. It was a bonus track on the June 11, 2001 release of the Secret Messages Special Edition. A 41-second edited version was cut from the album when Secret Messages went from a double album to a single disc in 1983. It was put back on the set when the double album version of Secret Messages was released on August 3rd, 2018. In the liner notes from the 2000 box set, Flashback, Jeff Lynne wrote, A tiny little instrumental with swaying palm trees and the guitar in the next room. In the liner notes for the 2001 Secret Messages remaster, Jeff wrote, Every gadget known to mankind at the time was used on this track. In the January 27th, 2006 showdown mailing list, Rob Cager wrote about its placement on the double album. After all is much shorter, fading into Hello My Old Friend. I'm Eric Paul Johnson. And I'm Eric Winsensen. I didn't hear this song until probably like a year after it came out. I mean, I bought the album in 83 a couple weeks after Rock and Roll is King came out, or that I first heard it anyway. So I thought, well, there's no reason to buy the single. But then, of course, completionist that I am, once I started collecting ELO... Well, I gotta collect ELO, all of it, including the singles, even if they have the album. So, probably like a year later that I've got Rock and Roll is King. And now that I'm big into ELO, I had to check out the B-side, unlike before, where I used to just listen to A-side and just, eh, B-sides, what are they good for? Just to take up space. And I liked it, even though I was 15 and it wasn't all rock and roll and everything. Of course, thinking I wasn't really... I liked Air Supply, so it's not like I was one of them 15-year-old metalheads, which I've never been. Aha! Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not the only person. (laughs) No, well... Probably the only person who still has all of his Air Supply, but (laughs) (laughs) besides that, I'm not the only person that liked them. No, at least not the only male, anyway. So, yeah, I listened to it. Ah, that was nice. I liked it. It has all the potential to be just a dull, droning song that's just background noise like the air conditioning running or something like that but for a quiet calming kind of song it's really great i really dig it 
I really like it too. It's really, it is background kind of sounding, but it just seems kind of like soundtrack almost. Mm -hmm. You can picture that this would be something that you would be hearing as a movie played. It definitely would not be a romantic scene. It would be more like, uh, more like I say, a Blade Runner scene where you're flying over the city and hearing that type of music play as you start to see all the buildings and everything and kind of do the establishing shots of what you're going to see coming up here. Maybe I'm kind of biased because I love the Vangelis soundtrack for Blade Runner, but... No, you are exactly right. When this was finally released on CD on the uh, special edition of Secret Messages of 2001, Jeff Lynne wrote that it's waving palm trees and stuff like that. And I was thinking, really? Because since probably since like late 80s, early 90s, in my head when I hear it, I always picture the (laughs) Enterprise. The Enterprise. The Enterprise flying through the uh, V'ger cloud because there are parts of after all that kind of sound like parts of the music that are playing when it's taking those long 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 shots of the enterprise slowly slowly flying through the V'ger cloud Because most of Star Trek, the motion picture takes place in real time. <laughs> yeah, it sure feels like it. So yeah, saying that it sounds like a soundtrack to a sci-fi movie, I'm yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. I've always liked it, and I was looking to see if it's on because I have an instrumental playlist as well as my normal playlist and everything. Mm-hmm. Surprisingly, it's not on there, but it's probably because it's. There may have been too many clicks and pops and stuff for me to clean it up and make it sound good. I know on the A side of my Rock and Roll is King single, it sounds great, so I don't know. Well, this should not be a problem for you since February, because I got you the Secret Messages CD for your birthday. Yes, you did. I believe and it's it. got all this stuff on it. Right. Well, there you go. So you don't have to listen to a poppy, crackly kind of version. Exactly. Once I do get that incorporated into everything else, that will be thrown on there as well. Mm-hmm. There are parts of this song that remind me of other parts of ELO songs. And I'm not saying that like, well, yeah, duh, it's produced by the same guy who produced everything. But the piano kind of reminds me of some of the piano in Manhattan Rumble, 49th Street Massacre. Way back there on their first album, No Answer. Listen up, people. Here's a snippet for Jill. Also hearing hints of the whale in here too. I do hear that more whale than the Manhattan Rumble because Manhattan Rumble had that ragtime feel to it, it's, where whale's just nice and relaxing and spacey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it's it's not like it's lifting right from Manhattan Rumble. The uh, opening piano that plays is just the piano before it rolls into the full song. It's not playing the same notes, but it has the same sound as the piano did on Manhattan Rumble. Wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Well, the same person playing the piano. Was this was this one all Jeff Lynne, or did he have uh, 
Um, Richard Tandy? Was this one all Jeff Lynn, or did he have Richard Tandy also help him out with this? Every single time, you always blank out on Richard's name. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I don't know for sure, but to me, it seems like Richard would have some help in here, too. Um, His synth work. Oh, yeah, and there's that shortened version that's on the double album. I mean, I guess it's probably there for a bridge to connect one song to the other, but um, the B-side, the full version, is really the one to listen to. Yeah. Because on the double album version, it's kind of like it starts, and just as you're getting into it, it jumps right to the last 20 seconds of the song, and it's like, I, uh, that's it? I was, I was just getting into it. Yeah, which leads to the question that I've had before with some of his shorter instrumental songs. Are there longer versions somewhere out there? <laughs> With more to it. I would love a longer version of Believe Me Now. Yeah, that's a great example. But no matter how long this version is, I think it's about as long as we're going to get out of After All. I think we've pretty much milked it as much as I can. It's uh, probably not going to be much of an extended extended episode for the uh, people who are paying the $2 an episode for the extended episodes, only on Patreon. <laughs> Got something to say about after all? Then call the telephone line voicemail. 623-850-3375. Call now. Well, good old everybody. It's that time of the podcast where I ran and rave about a particular track. And as you guessed for this particular episode, it's after all. Don't worry. It's a very short one. I don't have much to say about this. The Whale's a better ELO instrumental than this one. The track may not be as grandiose, spectacular we are accustomed with this band, but there's enough melodrama to keep things interesting. Unlike the crap load of New Age light jazz crap that was bubbling up from the depths of hell at the time. As far as I'm concerned, it is Elegrian music for whips who are afraid of creative balls. Speaking of which, fuck Michael Bolton. You're welcome. By the way, for the 2019 LP re-release of Secret Messages, just replace this track with a 40-second version. What does that tell you? Well, hey, this is Troy. After All is such a great song. I have to admit, when I first heard that Jeff Lynne was going to work with Al Jarreau, I... Oh! Sorry, wrong song. But when I first heard that Jeff Lynne was going to write and produce a song for Peter Cetera and Cher from a romantic... Man, wrong song again. Okay. After all, the B-side, right. I actually love this song. It's an instrumental. I think it should have been included on the Secret Messages album. I think it would have made a better fit than Train of Gold. I've already mentioned how, other than the brief string interlude that comes in towards the end of that song, I don't really think too much of it. I also think it would have been a better fit than Bluebird. But as it stands, it was a B-side, and one of their better B-sides, and one of their better instrumentals. A short version, I don't know why they didn't include the B-side version, but a short version of the song was included on the special double album edition of Secret Messages released a few years back. But I think the B-side version is far superior. I'll talk to you all next week. Ready?
Great moments in electric light orchestra history. You know, when I was growing up, I used to hear a lot of classical. My dad used to play a lot of classical music, and I used to sort of listen to some of it. What was Mr. Lynn's first name? Phil. And what did he do for a living? He was a foreman on the roads department. It wasn't a soft job by any means. It was quite a hard job, you know. And yet he was still this real classical fan, which was unusual, really, I suppose. Yeah. You know, he bought me my first guitar, this plastic Elvis Presley guitar. <laughs> we won string on it. But uh, I'd never had a go on any type of guitar before. And I had a go on this one, and, and I actually learned all the tunes of the day, like by the shadows and the ventures and stuff. And then finally, my dad brought me this acoustic a Spanish one, just a little cheap one, but it was good. And that was how I got into the guitar and some classical music I really liked a lot. Like what in particular would you have heard as a kid? Well, I would have heard like popular classical, like Chopin and Dvorak, the most melodic type of, of classical. The funny thing is I was doing this interview in France and at the end of the interview they gave me this sheet of music, like blank sheet of music paper. And of course, I don't read music, but they automatically assumed that I could read music because I've been using all these big strings, but it's all done by ear. But you know, that the point is that it's just the same as reading music, but at the end of the day, if I want to use an orchestra, I have to tell somebody what the notes I want. It's exactly the same. I just play it on piano instead or something, you know, show them what... And then they write it down and go, like this. And that's that's what happens. Like it? Hate it? What does Madeline think? Hi, guys, it's Madeline here. Welcome back to my channel. But before we get started, click that subscribe button. Turn on notifications. Give me a thumbs up. I'm just kidding. This song was... Good. It sounded sad to me, though. Do you know why? Because the music just sounded sad. Wow, she liked it! Face the Music, an Electric Light Orchestra song-by-song -song podcast, is a production of Radio Trolla Entertainment, Assorted Deli Meets Amalgamated. You can contact us by voicemail at 623-850-3375 or email us at eloftmpodcast at gmail.com. Keep up to date on the show by joining our Facebook group and spread the word by sharing the link or giving us a quick rating on iTunes. You can financially support the podcast at patreon.com slash ELO pod. Next week, episode 119, Buildings Have Eyes. <laughs>